0: So gratitude and Thanksgiving eyes open, unearthing hidden glory. What a powerful, powerful video. Well, I'm excited to be able to share with you today. I'm, I'm I love Thanksgiving. Um, I'm not sure if it's because I'm a, I'm got the positivity strength, and I just love you know celebrating or if it's because I'm over 50 and I'm hot all the time and I'm really grateful for <laughs> the cool weather or what it is. But uh, we're really glad to have you here this morning. I hope you do partake in those, uh, taking a shot and just getting to know one another. Um, I have really enjoyed spending the last few months uh, doing a deep dive on understanding gratitude and thanksgiving. It's definitely a part of my life. I've been had the privilege of overseeing worship for 20, almost 30 years. And so didn't they do a great job this morning? Wow, thank you guys for just helping us focus on Jesus. Yeah, so powerful. They don't do it to perform, they do it to to draw you into God's presence. And I'm so proud of all of our worshipers here. They're just amazing. And so to be able to, as a worshiper and a worship leader, to be able to speak about gratitude and thanksgiving this morning is just like, like, like hitting the target right on for me. I wanna read to you a couple of scriptures. 1 Thessalonians says, be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong in Christ Jesus. The Amplified Version says, in every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. So if you're wondering what the will of God is for you, I can guarantee you practicing thanksgiving and gratitude is it. And I believe that actually practicing gratitude and having a heart of thanksgiving is the way up. I believe it is the way out. I believe it's the way in. I believe it's the way around. I believe it's the way through, and it is the way of Jesus. I want to read you another scripture, such a perfect scripture. Um, Dustin read it this morning, and we've been, last week we talked about, a couple weeks now we've been talking about being the church And this is a beautiful scripture about being the church. In Colossians 3, it says, let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing. And cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. And sing. Sing your hearts out to God in every detail of your life words and actions, whatever, be done in the name of the master Jesus, thanking God, the Father, every step of the way. Let's just pray together. Thank you, God, for your presence. Thank you for the opportunity to take this time today to really focus on the power of thanksgiving and gratitude and for what you've done for us, Jesus. You are so good, Jesus. You are the way up. You're the way out. You're the way in. You're the way around. And we are grateful for you. And we say thank you this morning, in Jesus' name. Living a lifestyle of worship is all about tapping into the power of gratitude and thanksgiving. It's actually a power. It has saved my life. Any of you that don't know me, I have a special needs daughter who's 28 almost. And I've been through a lot of tough stuff and it has kept me sane. It is such a powerful thing that, you know, I'm I often, I often in awe of the fact that I got to have the privilege of being involved in worship. Because you know what? That kept me alive. Focusing on who God was, his goodness in my life, helped me endure a lot of stuff. Do you know that our happiness, based on science, science has begun to really research what does it take to actually have true happiness and joy? And the number one thing is practicing gratitude and that our happiness, only 10% of our happiness is dependent upon our circumstances. 50% is our set point, and our set point is kinda like some people are set to be a little bit heavier, and some people are set to be a little bit thinner, and they can eat all they want, and they still stay thin. 40% of our happiness and joy comes from intentional activities, which is what we're doing this morning. We are intentionally coming together as a community, to connect with one another and to connect to God. So science is now proving the power of, of gratitude, but it's not an attitude. Just because we have an attitude does not mean that we have an action. For example, my husband a couple of Christmases ago got me a Lululemon top, and it would, didn't fit right, so I went back in. And I'm standing there on the wall, looking in. In Lululemon, there's got to be there's just one wall that's like got to be, I don't know. 10 or 15 tank tops, different kinds of tank tops on the wall. And I'm standing there kind of puzzled, just looking at them all. And this really thin girl came along and said, hey, can I help you? And I said, well, actually I'm just looking. And she's like, well, let me tell you about these tank tops. This one you wear when you're playing tennis, and this one you wear, and I kind of had to stop her and said, ah, I don't like to work out. I actually just like to wear this stuff. I don't like to actually work out. And she's like, what? So just because I have an attitude of fitness doesn't mean I'm fit, right? I got to work on that one. That's a biggie for me. I don't like working out. So just because we say, well, I'm going to have an attitude of gratitude and thanksgiving, if you're not actually doing the work every day, you are not grateful and thankful. And you're not actually reaping the benefits. So for me, I don't actually reap the benefits of being fit by wearing Lululemon, So when I go for a big hike up the hill, I'm super sore the next day because I'm not fit, right? And so it is with the practice of gratitude. There's power in the practice. Tim Keller, a great theologian says, it's one thing to be grateful, it's another thing to give thanks. Gratitude is what you feel, but thanksgiving is what you do. So I have had the privilege of being certified in Brene Brown's work. And if you don't know who she is, she's got one of the top TED Talks out there about what it takes to live wholeheartedly and to live courageously. And one of her books is called The Gift of Imperfection. And she has basically 10 guideposts about what it, you know. what are some... So based on research, what do people who live wholeheartedly, what are some practices they have? And one of them is the power of gratitude and the practice of gratitude. She says, gratitude without practice may be a little like faith without works, it's not alive. So what is gratitude? Okay, the dictionary says that gratitude is a quality or feeling of being grateful or thankful. Some of the synonyms for gratitude are thanks and thankfulness and appreciation and gratefulness. Thanksgiving is the expression of gratitude, especially to God, that's what the dictionary says a public celebration in acknowledgement of divine favor or kindness. That's what we're doing here. That's why we come, because there's power. There is power here when we come together. It's different than when you're worshiping at home. There's something about us coming together as a church. The word thanks is in the Bible 115 times, and 73 of those times, it actually says, give thanks. So it's a kingdom principle. And that's why I get so excited about it that I get to bring the power of gratitude to a corporation or to a workshop or some lots to my clients. And they are actually practicing a spiritual practice. So even though they don't know Jesus, they still get to benefit in that practice. Just like when people give. There's lots of people in our community that don't know Jesus, but they give and they get to reap the benefits of that spiritual practice. A.W. Tozer said, gratitude is an offering precious in the sight of God. And it is one that the poorest of us can make and not be poorer, but richer, having made it. So what blocks gratitude? One of the things I work on in my workshops, we actually spend about 40 minutes talking about what actually blocks gratitude. And it's actually the word scarcity. Scarcity is all about focusing on what is not enough, what is not there. So I'm not thin enough, I'm not smart enough, I don't have enough friends, I'm not rich enough, my kids aren't behaved enough, all kinds of not enoughs. And it makes us focus on the lack rather than what's right there in front of us. There's a book that I read last year, it's called The Soul of Money, and I wanted to understand Uh, scarcity more. And it is everywhere in our culture. So one of the things I do in my workshops is uh, we talk about scarcity, I teach a little bit, and then we break into groups, and I ask people the question, where do you see it showing up in our culture? And then I ask them, where do you see it showing up in your life? It actually shows up in three ways, through shame, through comparison, and through disengagement. So disengagement is all about, this is too scary, so I'm just not even going to try. So I want to read you a quote from a woman who wrote a whole book about the soul of money and and scarcity. She said, for me and for many of us, our first waking thought of the day is, I didn't get enough sleep. The next one is, I don't have enough time. Whether true or not, that thought of not enough occurs to us automatically before we even think to question or examine it. We spend most of the hours and days of our lives hearing and explaining and complaining or worrying about what we don't have enough of. Before we even sit up in bed, before our feet touch the floor, we're already inadequate, already behind, already losing, already lacking something. And by the time we go to bed at night, our minds are racing with a litany of what we didn't get or didn't get done that day. We go to sleep burdened by these thoughts and wake up to the reverie of lack. That sounds depressing, doesn't it? It's our, it's what blocks it. It's what blocks gratitude and thanksgiving. The internal condition of scarcity, this mindset of scarcity lives at the very heart of our jealousies, our greed, our prejudice, and our arguments with life. And it's everywhere in our culture. That's why as believers, we need to enter with thanksgiving. We need to enter our day with thanksgiving. We need to end our day with thanksgiving. Thankfully, when we do that, then our focus is not on that 10% of whatever happened in the day. It's on who he is and what's there in our lives. See, our brains actually act like a spam filter. So if we train our brains to only notice what's not enough or not enough time, then it will automatically bump all of the beautiful things into your spam in your brain. You see, we see what we think the Bible says, as a man thinks, so he is. So our job as believers is to really practice thanksgiving and gratitude so that we can see what God does. So science is totally studying gratitude. I can't believe how many books I've read in the last little while and top TED Talks that are all about living a happier life and gratitude is the number one thing. So here's some of the benefits, based on science, of practicing gratitude. Not just like once a week, but somebody who's consistently practicing gratitude. We have healthier hearts and bodies. Our IQ is higher, and a higher EQ. People who consistently practice gratitude sleep better and have fewer headaches. They're less likely to be depressed, anxious, or lonely. Their happiness can increase by up to 25% and they have improved productivity. Did you know that grateful people on average give 20% more time and money? I think that's why the church is so powerful. That's why this place is so powerful. This place runs because of a whole bunch of people who love community, love God, wanna give what they have in their lives. Grateful people actually have a stronger bond with local community. We saw that last week. How many of you were here last week and heard about Ben and Kelsey? Only a couple. Oh, you gotta, okay, you gotta go back and listen to last week. So good. So we have a couple in our church that Kelsey's facing leukemia, right? Yeah. And she's in um, Vancouver. And so last week, Chad was talking about the power of our words as we be the church. And so he put uh, Ben and Kelsey's cell phone numbers up there and we all sent them a word of encouragement. It totally blew her away made them feel so strong and so supported. And you know what? I think it made us feel strong and supported and connected too, because we're all part of something bigger than ourselves. Did you know, I actually sent Ben and Kelsey a uh, little blurb from one of these books that I was reading. So when uh, military personnel are going to combat, do you know that psychologists actually tell them that they're going to come back uh, one of two ways? One being normal, so everything kinda of just staying the way it is. Or two, with post-traumatic stress. Well, that, that's, a, that's a pretty nasty average then. There's a good chance they're coming back with post-traumatic stress, but you know that based on research, that's actually not true. That there is a third way. It's called post-traumatic growth. And the people who've actually been able to overcome cancer, overcome leukemia, face death, have a handicapped child, lose their business, all these types of things, people who actually who are, who are happier and, and hadn't been able to, to get through that have practiced gratitude. So whatever you are facing, I want to tell you that there is a way. There's a way up. So, when I think about practicing gratitude and thanksgiving, I always, I literally, immediately I imagine like a big hot air balloon going up. And when I am down, when all I can see is like the, the fall that I've had or the tough time that I've had, practicing gratitude and thanksgiving makes me look up every single time. How many of you remember the uh, show called The Friendly Giant? It was this little 15 minute show. It's actually been on from 1958 to 1985 and it was this 15 minute actually spontaneous show which is pretty innovative for to be like back in the 50s. Wow, like cuz everything's planned out in TV. But this was this 15 minute show about this big giant and he had two friends. One was Rusty the Rooster, the other one was Jerome the Draft. Okay, and so a camera would come in and pan in on, on, a, on a city, kind of, you know, everyone living their life, and you see these big giant feet walking around. And then the giant would all ask all the viewers, you know, come and visit Mimi a Castle. Look up, look way up. Okay, and then inside, the, um, the giant would pull out all these little miniature chairs and a little rocking chair, and he'd say, okay, I got a little chair for you a little rocking chair for you, and we're gonna just sit here and we're gonna talk about life. And I wanna remind you, that, that that's a metaphor to, to me of honestly just stopping in the midst of when it's hard and you're down to just practice gratitude and to just be thankful, especially when it's tough. And it's hard to do that, I get it. But I have learned that there is power in it. So you know what? I do it because that's where the power is. I don't even do it because I want to, I do it because it's a spiritual principle that produces results. And so when I am feeling down, I look up. I look way up. And you know what, it changes my perspective. It's like going from being down in the mud to being way up in a helicopter up above and all of a sudden everything that, like that rock that was there by your knee looks so huge but when you're up high, it doesn't look that big because you have a different perspective. You can actually see the way out. I also believe gratitude is the way out. Sometimes we face things that are super scary. Doing this is scary for me. So then what do I do? I stop and I'm grateful and I'm thankful. I'm grateful that Chad gives me the opportunity to do this. I'm thankful that I have a room full of people that that will have grace and will hold a space so that I can share with you. Daniel chapter six, it says, Daniel he continued and kneeled on his knees three times a day. So it's a incredible story of Daniel in the Bible where he refused to bow down and worship anything but his God. So he knew the power of thanksgiving. Every day, three times a day, he stopped and thanked God. And he made it through the lion's den. He found a way out. So powerful. I believe gratitude is a way in. I think David shows us over and over and over again in scripture how gratitude helps us in every situation in life. When we're in the cave, when we're running, when we're disappointed, when we've totally blown it, when we've betrayed, and when we're king, when things are going great, David showed us the power of thanksgiving and praise. I also believe that that thanksgiving and praise is a way around huge problems. I wanna tell you that um, I was sitting back there this morning worshiping with my special needs daughter and the Lord just reminded me of my son. And my son is, uh, it's his birthday tomorrow and he's not living to the fullness of what God has for him. And it's really hard for me as a mom. So you know what I do now? Because if I focus on what my son is not or what is not working for him, It overwhelms me and I wanna try and control. That's not gonna help him. So you know what I do now? I pick up my phone every morning and I pull out my photos and I look at photos of him and I remember and I look at him and I go, that young man, his name means gift of God. He is going to follow God's path for him eventually. And I look at him and I see the goodness in him that God has placed within him. And I, re- and I just say, thank you, God. Thank you for making him so, so fun. He's just a riot. God, thank you that you love him. And I just look at his eyes and I look at photos and you know what, everything changes. All of a sudden I can let go of what I'm worried about and give it over to God. And I feel amazing after, because otherwise thinking about what he's not doing All it does is try and disconnect me from him and I lose my trust, my trust in God. Gratitude and thanksgiving is a way around. Jehoshaphat was a king back in the Old Testament and he had three kingdoms that formed an alliance against him. There was no way around for him. He was like going to, like everyone was gonna be killed. And God came to Jehoshaphat and told him that he would not have to fight the armies that day. All he had to do was offer praise and thanksgiving to God. And some of you, you might be facing what seems like a massive, overwhelming army that there's no way around it. And I wanna encourage you to just enter into praise and thanksgiving and see what comes to you. I'm gonna ask the worship team to come. First Chronicles chapter two, when Jehoshaphat was facing the army, it said, As they went out before the army and said, Praise and give thanks to the Lord, for his mercy and his loving kindness endures forever. When the, when they began singing and praising, the Lord set ambushes against their enemy. The enemy was so confused that some of them were killing each other. Not one person of the enemy's side was left alive. And some of you, you might feel like you're facing an enemy and I encourage you just to move into praise and thanksgiving because there is power in it and it confuses the enemy and it will bring you peace. Finally, gratitude is a way of Jesus. Do you know that in John chapter six, before Jesus fed the 5,000 people with only a few loaves and fishes, that he stopped and he gave thanks. Jesus did not have to do that. He was the Son of God, but he stopped and gave thanks. And I believe he modeled to us that even before miracles come, we stop and we give thanks. <laughs> Jesus faced his own betrayal and death with thanksgiving. In 1 Corinthians 11, it says, The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so this morning we're going to move into a time of communion. And in the original language, communion is called Eucharisto, which is the table of the Lord. And it means he gave thanks. And the root word of Eucharisto means grace and joy. Because of Jesus, you and I are saved, redeemed, forgiven, accepted, enough. We're grateful. So just as the band starts playing, I just wanna ask you a question, and then Chad's gonna come up and lead us into communion. And as the, as the team kinda of hands out the, the emblems, I'd like to you to ponder a couple questions. Just, just think about your life. And in what ways has God helped you find a way up? Or a way out? Or a way in? Or a way through? Instead of focusing maybe what, on what you're facing right now, just focus on who he's been. In Psalms it says, I remember and I muse and I meditate on all your doings. So just take some time to think about how God has helped you, and who's he brought along in your life? Who's someone that's in your life that has helped you, has walked beside you? And how do you want to say thank you to them and to him?
1: Thank you, Cheryl, for bringing us to the communion table this morning. In just a minute, we're going to be passing out those uh, communion emblems. And the way we're going to do it today is we'll allow the servers to walk through the, the church and pass it on. You'll just, it'll come your way and there'll be a little cracker, it's gluten-free, and a little grape juice and you can grab one of each and pass it along and uh, we're going to get everybody to hold on to it and we'll all take it together. And uh, we do this as a way of acknowledging and remembering Jesus and maybe this morning you Are you feeling far from the Lord? Maybe you've never opened your heart to him before. You can even come to Jesus today. You'd be welcome at his table today. And by partaking with us as as an invitation of welcoming Jesus into your life, you can participate with us. And so the servers are going to come. And in the scripture, just a little further from where Cheryl read, it says this, anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily, is guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the lord that is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup for if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of christ you are eating and drinking judgment uh, upon yourself and we we have this moment of reflection of kind of doing a heart check and saying lord have my my eyes just been all upon me and upon my life or upon you and who you are and and, and this whole theme of gratitude this morning is a moment of heart check and we just can worship and just sit in the Lord's presence and meditate and reflect on him and then we'll partake together in just a moment. So the servers are gonna pass this out this morning. Scripture reads, uh, says, I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and he said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's partake of the body this morning. Scripture goes on to say in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it, for every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Let's partake of the cup this morning. Reminded this morning of the power of gratitude and of purposely, intentionally posturing our lives before you in a way that sees and receives all of your goodness. That begins with the forgiveness and the washing of our own sins and the blessings of so many things that you have put. Upon our lives and the faithfulness of so many things that you've put on our lives and in these moments Lord there are many things we can see and identify and recognize and remember but there are many needs in this church community there are homes that are being stretched and marriages that are being tested and businesses and people that are feeling like their health is on the brink and some of their loved ones and their close ones are, are slipping away. And Lord, there are so many great needs. And it's hard sometimes to look beyond those things. But this morning, Lord, we once again affirm our faith in you as the source and the provider of that every good and perfect gift comes from you. And that you are not only able, but you are willing to be present in our life in the dark valley. Lord, you are right there with us. And Jesus, there is power in us reaching out to you and being thankful in your love and thankful in your presence and thankful in your Part for us. And so, Jesus, as our church community opens our homes this day and this weekend to others, and as we're a part of others' lives, as we share our lives with others, Father, I pray that you would help us to do that out of a posture of thanksgiving. And that, Jesus, we would declare to others, people would see it in us, that you are our source, that you are the goodness in us. And despite all of the problems and all of the things, that Jesus, we just keep looking to you, because you're the one that has the words of life. And so I pray, Lord, that you would give us courage, and that you would help us in all those points of need, and that Jesus, we would be reminded of how great you are. We're just going to take a moment, and before we dismiss, we're going to worship together out of... uh, a spirit of thankfulness, I'm gonna encourage you or invite you to stand. Uh, you don't have to stand, but we, I think we've been sitting for a while. Why don't you stand? Let's just sing together, and then we'll officially dismiss.